as from the fruit of our lips we will offer praise to our Creator. I truly believe the message from heaven today is that we are all children of God our Creator. I believe the church needs to have a voice. I believe, I believe we as a church not only need to say something, but we need to do something. Amen. This week as I meditated over my thoughts, my very own emotions, and in seeking the Lord how to be a voice during a time like this, I have been overwhelmed with compassion. Today I want to say that my heart is pained. I want to tell you that there's a mix of emotion, of anger, and frustration. But I believe it's moments like this where we as the church of God must find a way to still be a hope and a voice of reconciliation in our world. And today I felt the responsibility to speak about the condition of our country and to acknowledge the darkness that we are living in. And I prepared myself in a, in a special way where I have meditated and prayed over my very own words. And I have written down the words of my heart and it is my intention to convey these words in an orderly fashion. Being under the theme of the unstoppable church, in order to be unstoppable, one must never remain silent. One must verbalize their feelings. One must process their emotions. And one must find resolution in seeking the Lord. And so I want us to open up our Bibles to the book of Zechariah, chapter 7. And I want to read verses 8 through 10. And after that, we're going to turn to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The Word of God reads in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 8 through 10 read, And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said, Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not, do not plot evil against one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 read, Praise be to the God and Father of our 
Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, whose comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Today I want to speak from the theme, the gift of compassion. The gift of compassion. And to begin, I would like for us who can to stand to our feet in honor for a moment of silence for us to remember and acknowledge the loss, the inhumane loss of another life, the life of George Floyd, a human being who now goes on a long list of those who suffer at the hand of injustice and hate. May we stand in a moment of silence together. Thank you. You may be seated. Today, the words I have written, I have measured, I have weighed, and I have also wrestled with. But I have sought the Lord in my heart. And today, as a leader of faith, as a representation, as the church of God, I offer to be a voice of reconciliation and hope. My words are written down, and I will read them to you today. It is evident that we are living in dark, painful, and infuriating times. It is times like this that shake many of us to our core. It is in moments like these where trust and hope in fellow humanity appears lost and trust and hope in our justice system is fleeting. As I begin to process my very own emotions over the most recent events of this past week regarding the horrific murder of George Floyd, I want to be honest in stating that it's been overwhelming in attempting to reconcile my natural emotions together with my faith. First, I want to express the devastating pain and anger I feel in knowing and in seeing that the life of another African-American man at this time is not taken at the hands but at the knee of a white community police officer an officer of the law who was sworn to not only protect, but to uphold the very law he seeks to protect. 
and processing my own emotions. I have come to realize that my heart has been pain and conflicted on three levels. First, on a human level. How does one human being inflict such gruesome, merciless pain on another fellow human being? Second, on a racial level. How do we as Americans still struggle with racism, prejudices, and hatred against those who are a different color skin and race or of different social and economic statuses? And lastly, on a spiritual level, how far and lost are many of us that we defy God's creation by horrifically empowering ourselves to take life and unjustly rob the breath of creation. Today I stand here on those three levels, hurting and pained. I realize as a human being, I share this beautiful world that God has created with all of you. I understand as a human being, my life and my wife's life and our children and our grandchildren and our family's lives are not ultimately secured by the constitutional laws and rights. But we, we all clearly now see that our protection and rights are actually secured by the compassion and mercy and love we bestow upon one another as human beings. I stand here as a born American with Colombian, Puerto Rican, and Spanish blood flowing in my veins, fighting to still believe and holding on to the faith that I have been graced to be born in America. America and a, a land and country of the brave and free. America, a land that believes all lives are equal in worth, value, and right regardless of our color, class, sex, and status. I stand here as, Amer as an American not believing but knowing that the precious uniqueness and beauty of life is displayed by our ethnic and cultural differences. It is in those unique differences that make America beautiful. But ultimately, I stand here as a spiritual being. I am created, designed, forethought of, and planned by the will and hand of God. I am God's son, gifted, talented, important, and vital to all creation around me. But with humility, I also stand, I, I understand, I am no more than you, and you are no less than I. For all of us, whether Hispanic, white, black, Asian, regardless of our race and color, young and old, male or female, rich or poor, all of us, every single one of us are created with a God-given, God-breathed plan for this world. We all are created to glorify God with our lives. We were all created to discover a greater purpose that is beyond our own selfish desires and wants. We are all created to be a blessing to all of humanity and to be a reflection of the one who created us. We must understand that love is a gift. Yes. 
If we withhold love, it dies in our hands. Mercy is a gift. If we neglect it, eventually every single one of us will be, with, will be left without a second chance and opportunity. And recently I have become more aware of the incredible gift of compassion. The more and more I process my very own emotions, I am realizing that compassion is not merely a human emotion. Rather, compassion is a spiritual gift. It is a heavenly gift from God that allows one to be able to feel pain, hurt, broken, brokenness, and the weakness of another. It is this spiritual gift of compassion that sympathy and empathy are produced. It is this gift of compassion that gives birth to mercy. If we are a people without compassion, it is only evidence of our humanity and hearts growing further and further away from the image of our divine creator, yet closer and closer to the end of days. Yes, I am a human with human responsibility to this world. Yes, I am an American and have great responsibility of rights to uphold and laws to abide in. But on a deeper level, I am a spiritual being and have a responsibility to God, my creator. I am a receptor of his gracious compassion, which he demonstrated by the sacrificial giving of his son, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus crucified on a cross for the unjust, the penalty of our sin, error, and degradation, all for our atonement and pardon. There is no greater act of compassion that has ever been bestowed upon all creation as that which was demonstrated by Creator God by giving of His Son Jesus in sacrifice for our behalf. How do we know that we are closer to the end? How do we know that we are transitioning into the last days, to the second coming of Christ? Much of the answer is revealed in the fading compassion we have for one another. The disciples of Jesus, men who walked Jesus for three years of his earthly ministry, asked this very same question. In Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 3, we read, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. 
and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We are living in times of religious false hope. We are living in times where earthquakes have become frequent. Where famines have devastated countries and lands. Where war is a push of a button away where tension between nations can be felt. We are living in times where sickness, disease, and virus has plagued our world. These events are not isolated from each other nor separated by the space of years. Yet simultaneously such incidents occur and these are the times you and I, our children and grandchildren are living in. Where the love for one another at times is non-existent where everyone is hidden away, lost in their own selfish world. We live in fear for our children because it is no longer uncommon for a child to walk into a school building with a firearm or weapon and murder innocent fellow students. We live in a world now when precaution must be taken to the grocery store or to a mall because another fellow human being is inwardly overwhelmed with evil intent and desires to inflict such evil on others. We live in a world where many don't value human life and disgustingly devalue the worth of others to a mere commodity. Human trafficking, which is the current modern-day slavery, has plagued us. Where one human being will literally sell another human being or child for the purpose of forced labor and or sexual exploitation. This is our world now and these are the signs that the end is near. The easiest thing to do is blame someone else or ignore the realities of our very own hearts and world. It is easier to stay on the surface of such things than to search beneath that surface and explore one's own heart. It's easier in times like this to call another person racist rather than searching our very own heart and ask God to reveal if hidden deep within our very own heart is there any racism. That is much harder because it forces responsibility of self and accountability toward the rest of humanity. It is also easier to turn a blind eye and say, I am personally not a racist, nor am I prejudiced, then I'm just going to mind my business and do and say nothing. Ultimately, when we say nothing, nothing to anyone or nothing to ourselves, we ultimately do nothing. And we say nothing and do nothing, we ultimately grow numb and eventually feel nothing. Growing colder and colder, loving less, and therefore quenching the very gift of God of compassion. Compassion, where are you in us? Compassion, how have we lost you? And in these times, the easier thing to say is that this is a white versus black problem. It is easier for the news to make the, this about the police against the out-of-control protesters. 
It is easier for the headlines to say that this is justice versus injustice. Why? Because indeed, that is what we are seeing on the surface. As a mere human being, an American, I may agree and may only see those things in light of the surface. But as a spiritual being, I am brought to a deeper understanding and to an awareness that whatever is seen on the surface is actually the express manifestation of something that is beneath that surface. This means the racism, the hate, the injustices, the lies, the corruptions, the murders, all of this we see on the surface has a stem and has a root beneath. And this stem, this root, will never make it to the public news. It will not be on the headline of our newspapers. And I'm not sure if any politician, politician or government official will boldly state it as it is. Beneath the surface of all evil and civil injustices, murders, human trafficking, beneath all these horrific manifestations, buried deep within all of us, is the human condition of sin. As much as we try to deny God, blame God when terrible things happen, it is the truth of God's holy and sacred word, the Bible, that we are brought into spiritual understanding that we are born and conceived with sin nature. This the news will not report, but it is this sin within us that has become the manifested evil between us. The Bible tells us through the truthful report of the Apostle Paul concerning the first created man, Adam, in Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all because all have sinned. King David, a man described as one having the heart of God and after God, David himself confessed in Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We all have been born into sin with the sin nature strong in us. Whether you choose to believe it or not, as we grow, sin grows within us. And without proper guidance, even the most innocent and precious child can be led astray, becoming lost and manifest evil. I'm here to boldly announce that the racism problem we see here in America and in other countries, the human trafficking that is wrecking us in the shadows, and the very small corruptions we all have in our own hearts, regardless of how it is manifested on the surface, all, all, all of it, every single form of it are born from the root of sin and our separation from God. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that all spiritual gifts, regardless of how they are manifested on the surface, all those incredible gifts are birthed and born from one same source, the amazing Holy Spirit of God. And such is true with all wickedness, injustice, and evil. Many expressions of evil, but one in the same spirit of sin. So when we ask, when will this end? When will we get past this? When will we grow and become better? When will America finally get it? When will we get there? 
We can only get there by repenting and turning our hearts over to God, our Creator, receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and turning our nation over to Him, following not only the laws of our nation, but the spiritual laws and statutes of His holy and sacred Word. But if we reject God, our Creator, reject the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, for our sin and wickedness, forsake His righteousness, and rebel against the spiritual kingdom of God, we will never, ever have anything more than superficial change. We will only be a nation full of laws and rights, yet never upholding them nor abiding in them. We will only be a nation that on paper we can read. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We will only be a nation that possesses and reveres a great constitution, yet diminishes the efforts of its creation by neglecting the spiritual gift of compassion for all those to which it is ascribed for. Biblical law, just as constitutional law, were not created to show greatness. Law is created to reveal wickedness and show us where that line of evil is. To be great, to be that all that God designed us to be, for America to be all she was created for, is for us to repent of our sin, acknowledge our sin, and humble ourselves under the almighty hand of God. And not any God, but Jehovah God, the God of the Bible. For it is the God of the Bible who became flesh for us. We saw Jesus on the surface, but beneath that surface was and is the compassion of Creator God. The Gospel of St. John reads in John 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Today I tell you, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And today I boldly declare that there is only one hope in us being and becoming better. And that is to repent and receive Jesus Christ right now. The gift of Jesus Christ. Paul continued to write in Romans, Chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if, by the, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and, the, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. 
And at this moment, as a symbol of compassion, to feel the pain of a people, to feel the hurting of another human being and race, I want to invite my dearly beloved friend and brother Darren to unite with me. I know we didn't plan this, but I felt today to demonstrate compassion and love by you joining me in prayer. Today I touch hands with you to stand with you and your beautiful people. It is the difference of your color, race, and history that make you beautiful to me. May we have the heart of God for one another. May we be a symbol today of different races coming together to call on Almighty God together. We are both human beings created by God. We are both Americans equal of worth and right. The only difference is the beauty of the different shades of our skin. Today we pray for justice, for compassion. Today we pray for mercy. Today we pray for the hurting family and friends of George Floyd. We pray and stand with hurting African American communities. God, we ask you to help us feel what they feel. Help us carry the pain and hurt together. Compassion is the gift to feel what others feel. So give us compassion today and forever for all humanity. God, today we cry out to you. Together, white, black, Spanish, Asian, young and old, male and female, we cry out and hurt together. We cry over injustice for justice. Like the prophets Amos declared in chapter 5, verse 24. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Help us to live out 2 Chronicles 7.14 and be a people called by his name, humbling ourselves, praying and seeking God's face. That our heavenly creator will help us turn from our wicked ways and hear us and forgive our sin and heal our land. Today we pray for America, Lord. We pray for our country and we tell you that we need you in order to reconcile our hurts, Lord. Father, we acknowledge the sin on the surface, Lord, is the fruit of the sin within us, Lord. God, we stand here and we invite you into our hearts. We confess Christ, Lord. Our human nature and flesh hides wickedness and evil and sin, Lord. So God, search us today. We invite you to search us today, Lord, and help us, Lord. Father, we ask for your blood to wash over all of creation right now, Lord. By your stripes and wounds, Lord, your word tells us in Isaiah chapter 53 that we are healed, Lord. So I pray for broken and hurting and wounded hearts, Father. Heal the hearts of the hurting. 
We need you, God. We stand together as creation, Lord. The privilege that we have to share such a world with people of all colors, Lord. It's a beautiful thing. God, it is only salvation in you. It is only from your spirit that a racist heart turns around, Lord. Father, it is only your Holy Spirit, Lord, that takes a heart of stone and makes it flesh and love. It is only by your spirit that we forgive one another for the injustices and the wrongs and offenses committed upon each other. Father, we know that the answer, the when, is when we find you. Father, I pray that we receive this gift of compassion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord God, we come here today, Lord God, humble and thankful, Lord God, for another day, Lord God, because we know without you, Lord God, nothing is possible. And Lord God, I know that there's a lot of us, Lord God, not just in this country, but in others, Lord God, that have strayed away that I don't know your name, Lord God. So today, Lord God, I pray for the person that is confused, Lord God, for the person that's hurting, for the person that's grieving, Lord God, not just for the injustices or the things that go on in this country, Lord God, but around this world, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they have a moment of clarity to seek your name, Lord God. That there's going to be a moment, Lord God, in our lives, Lord God, where we, where, where we have that chance, Lord God, to truly encounter you, Lord God. I pray that we don't miss it. I pray we don't miss it, Lord God. I pray for the Floyd family, Lord God. I pray for anyone that is affected by this, Lord God. I pray for the mother, Lord God, that son didn't come home, Lord God. I pray for the family that lost someone, Lord God. For that anger, Lord God. That hurt, that sadness. For anyone, Lord God, that just doesn't know what to do, Lord God, how to react, Lord God. I pray for them right now, Lord God, and always. For anyone that's in the streets right now, Lord God, regardless if they have a chant, if they have a sign, Lord God, I pray that not only on the surface of that, Lord God, but deep inside, Lord God, that we all search to see what we can do for a better tomorrow. That everything right now, Lord God, as Pastor said, Lord God, we're trying to deal with a lot of these things just on the surface level. That we have to be able to search ourselves, Lord God, to see what we can do in you, Lord God. It says in your word, Lord God, we need to learn to feed our enemies. That when they wrong us, Lord God, that we help them, Lord God. When they're hungry, Lord God, you tell us to feed them. Your word says, Lord God, that we should not go to sleep angry. That we should have a peace yeah. inside of us, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for anyone, Lord God, anyone that is hurt, that is dealing with sadness, depression. Let your hand reach out, Lord God. That they understand that you are there and that you have always been there. And I pray, Lord God, 
for us, Lord God, the people of the church, Lord God, yes. that we stand up, Lord God, yes. that we speak loud, Lord God, yes. that they know, Lord God, that we are here, Lord God, yes, Lord. that we are here, Lord God, and we're not going anywhere, Lord God. Yes. We've learned in these last three months that we are not confined to a building, Lord God, yes. that we, Lord God, need to be in the streets, Lord God. We need to be on the internet, Lord God, that we need to shout your name and from the four corners, Lord God, they will know that we are here, Lord God. Yes. That we stand, Lord God. That we're here fighting the battle, Lord God. They know we're here fighting the battle. Not only for our flesh, not only for this heart, but for our spirits. And I pray, Lord God, that today and forevermore, Lord God, that it does not take another incident like this for us to understand we need change not only on the outside, but in the inside too. Yes, Lord. I pray this and many other things in your name, Lord God. Yes. 